Welcome to your weekly dose of comedy with your host, Dana Pereira. Where's our participation trophy? We are back with another episode of Where's Our Participation Trophy. I'm Dana Pereira. And today we have a comedian, actor, podcast host, Jonesy, joining us. Hi, Dana. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, my fellow Southern California podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have uh, Jonesy as a one name. Did you mean to do that? Were you like, I'm going to fucking Madonna this shit. I'm going to fucking Prince this shit. I wasn't thinking of, of, uh, of it like that. I was just kind of thinking that I'd, my name is so dull. Uh, Chris Jones. I mean, it's like John Brown. It's just so... <laughs> forgettable really if when we get down to the bottom of it that um i thought why not just use the name that people have been calling me forever and ever since i was young which is jonesy that's uh-huh. always been my nickname and then it went even further later on when i became an, a, a sag actor screen actors guild actor you have to you have to choose your name for sag and uh they only allow one name per uh person so chris jones was already taken christopher jones was already taken so i said well why don't i just use was jonesy available it was available so i chose that as well as my actor's sag name technically so now my stage name is jonesy my my nickname and what all my friends call me is jonesy and then my screen actors guild name is also jonesy so i just kind of kept it i wasn't thinking like i'm gonna madonna this shit i was just i'm like let me just take what's available take what i've been called and uh, let's make it uniform and then I even uh, I even got Jonesy.com, uh, the the website, which uh, took a little finagling, but I was able to get that because Jonesy is a very common nickname, Dana. I don't yeah. know if you're aware of that, but it's a very common nickname. So to have Jonesy.com, that's where I'm like, yeah, now I'm doing it. Honestly, that, that maybe that was my Prince moment. Like yeah, getting the Jonesy.com. <laughs> I was impressed with that, actually, because whenever I saw that, I was like, oh, because, I mean, you don't see a lot of, like, shorter names, especially common ones, that are available, so fucking good on you for getting that. Yeah, man. Hey, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So you're getting back out there, um, back on stage, doing your stand-up. How's that? Are you busy now? Not with stand-up. Very busy, no. Uh, What did I have? Maybe six shows last month? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll probably have a little bit more than that this month. Uh, it used to be six shows a week. It, that's what a normal comic would be busy doing in L.A. or New York would be at least six shows a week. Yeah. So not quite there yet. But, uh, you know, it's it's better than what we had for a long time. Yes. Uh, Did you have to do Zoom shows when you weren't, when we weren't opened up? I, I didn't have to, uh, but I tried them. They were available. And uh, the experience for me wasn't great, so I, I only did a few, and then I, I decided to not not do that anymore. It was it was it was a real double whammy in that uh, the shows were pretty bad, and you got to see my shitty apartment. So I was like, why? I, I was being humiliated twice, Dana. It was like the sh- my my jokes would not do well, and then you would also see my crappy apartment. So like, what? Let's just not do these zoom shows anymore so i just thought i would wait until um everything came back i did do some private shows uh you if oh you, i bet you, know, you did you really dug around <laughs> yeah you could <laughs> i did some private shows girl yeah uh i did there was a few here and there they were i believe they were probably illegal at the time because <laughs> there was definitely more than 10 people yeah. at these shows 
they were outdoors, but you could find a couple here and there because comedians, we won't stop. We want to do it. We'll figure out a way to do it. Uh, and people want comedy even in, during a pandemic. People wanted it. So, uh, yeah, I did a, some backyards and a couple apartment complexes and the residents would come out and they were very happy to get a, a show oh, I'm sure. in the middle of it. Um, we socially distanced, of course, people wearing masks and we, we tried to make the best of it. But, but those were very few and far between. So it's nice to be back doing it. And even the clubs are opening up. Um, I was at the Laugh Factory last night in Long Beach. They had two shows. Uh, the first show was completely sold out and the second one was nearly sh- sold out, the late nice. show. And that was good to see. That was really good to see. Yeah. Um, I'm very, um, I'm feeling positive. So did you do a lot of writing during this time? Like, did you find that you had to kind of repolish things or did you go up there and fucking bomb your first time back or? No, no. I mean, I'm at the point now where I don't, I don't really bomb so bad ever, which is nice. Uh, I just kind of, I, cause I can, I don't know, like a boxer, you start to learn other moves. You feel like, oh, I can't, <laughs> my usual stuff ain't working. Oh, let me go to this other thing. Uh, so I, I, I can't able to get. I'm always able to get by, at least, mm-hmm. where um, they'll be like, oh, he was okay. That'll be like the worst thing that'll happen to me on stage. Oh, he was he was all right. Uh, <laughs> no one's asking for a refund, which is great. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly writing. It's just my, how my brain thinks. I'm constantly thinking about jokes and trying to squeeze jokes out of my life and my day-to-day existence and my day-to-day experiences. And so... Uh, Especially if I'm in a new environment, I'm like, uh, I get bombarded with information that I then process and there's usually, I usually get comedy out of it. And, and, and the pandemic was a completely new situation. It was a new environment mm-hmm. for all of us. And, and therefore, uh, you know, I couldn't help but write a, a pandemic related material. Uh, yeah. It was a very weird existence. Day to day life was different. And, um, and, and so, yeah, I got a lot out of that. And uh, and and I'm still doing it on stage. Like, I noticed I'm kind of moving away from the pandemic material. I think people are getting a little tired of it. I've noticed. They're over like, it Every now. single show I've done, I'll do some pandemic material. But I'm doing less and less and less because I'm getting the vibe that the audience is like, oh, okay, we're, we're at we got it okay we're kind of yeah. we're trying to move on from the pandemic here we're trying to like forget it this is an escape for us we want to b- make us laugh so i've been going back to writing uh just kind of classic regular m- material that i normally would and doing some of the older stuff as well that's still pertinent um so yeah and but i'm constantly i'm constantly writing i have i have the bug the stand-up comedy <laughs> uh the, the stand-up comedy virus where I just kind of need to squeeze comedy out of most situations. Um, I just can't yeah. help it. But, um, yeah. Well, that's a, a good thing, though, right? It makes you – you're able to see, like, the funny in most situations, right? Yeah. Well, sure, sure. I, I pull the funny out of – I would say most tragic situations – because there's really nothing funny about shit that goes well. There's usually nothing f- like, oh, they got yeah. together and love everlasting. Not funny. Not funny. Not funny. Oh, they got together, but then she left him for the Uber driver. Funny. Very funny. funny. That's mm-hmm. the, that's where the comedy comes from. The the shit that goes wrong. And, you know, of course, during a pandemic, everything was going wrong. So there's a lot of material. Uh, most of my material is, is anyways, seems to be grievances. So uh, grievances. My jokes are grievances. It's really complaints. 
mm-hmm. you know, about what, you know, fu- whatever, insert fucked up cultural behavior, insert messed up thing that happened to me, uh, this sort of stuff. That's where my, my bits come from. And I guess it's sort of a coping mechanism that uh, a lot of comedians have where uh, how do we deal with personal loss, personal tragedies, or things mm-hmm. that piss us off? How do we deal with it? Well, we use comedy to deal with it. And then uh, right. and sharing comedy that is with, a crutch. Yeah, and then we share that with the audiences and we hope to find some common ground that other people can get relief too. They say, oh, oh. That bothers me too. Okay, cool. I'm not alone. Yeah. Yeah. I've actually done a whole episode on grievances, but I I wonder for you, um, comics have to kind of like skirt the line a lot. And so do you ever get like nervous about like a joke you're about to tell or you're like, oh, am I I pushing this envelope too far? Am I going to, especially during like cancel culture right now, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say that I get nervous. I get aggravated mostly. I get aggravated because uh, I find the audiences to be quite lazy. Um, they really don't <laughs> pull your shit together, audience. <laughs> it's not their fault. Uh, it's just not. It's not their fault. But they are, in general, lazy. They are not uh, willing to just kind of be patient. Okay, like uh-huh. if I begin a joke about an ethnicity that I might not be uh, or if I begin to joke about a gender that I am not they kind of shut me off early they yeah. won't they won't listen they, it's like we're not even going to let you try and make a point at all you have lost all credibility to us as uh, we've made that judgment by looking at you mm-hmm. which by the way is a, is a an activity that we're all familiar with called uh being prejudiced correct like you're being prejudiced to me. you're looking at me and saying you are not an authority on x y or z you're fuck your experience uh-huh. we don't care we're not going to listen to you talk about it which to me that's lazy uh and it's quite unfair to comedians because uh, we should be able to talk about l- all of life uh if you know we all we're all experiencing these things i'm not you know, you're not, this isn't happening in a vacuum. We're all having gender experiences, ethnic experiences, right. sexuality experiences. And why shouldn't we be able to kind of play with these ideas on stage? Uh, if we have something to say, if it affected us, if we have a strong emotion or opinion about it, mm-hmm. we should be able to talk about these things. The audience often won't, uh, won't allow me to to talk about some of those things and that it's a bit frustrating mm-hmm. I'm never afraid I just get a little aggravated uh, what it sometimes requires me to do is justify me being able to talk about a subject up top before I get into it but that's never funny yeah. <laughs> you know if I have to tell you why I should be able to talk about right uh, uh, the gay lifestyle although I am not gay if I have to tell you, give you, if I have to spend two minutes talking to you and convincing you that it's okay for me to now do a joke about uh, my gay roommate or something, right? Uh, it becomes like you know the candle isn't worth the game at this point. Like I, I'm gonna just not do the joke because it just takes too much time to ask for permission. For you to at least listen and give me a chance here to, to um, like, I'm going to go somewhere with it. Just give me a chance. Uh-huh. But I'll just avoid doing it 
out of frustration and it's just too much work and that is disappointing to me and i i can't wait for a time when uh i don't have to do that i noticed there are the comics get to the level where they don't have to do that if your audience is a hundred percent there to see you Uh so i'm not at that level yet where everywhere i go the audience is buying tickets to see me right in particular like when Doug Stamhope, for instance, goes and does shows at theaters all around the country, they're all buying a ticket to see Doug Stanhope. They know who he is already. Yeah. They've heard he doesn't have to s- explain every bit mm-hmm. and and beg for permission to do it. They know what they're getting. He can just go into it and say what he feels, and they, you know, he has that luxury. And I hope one day to get that luxury. Meanwhile, I'm doing shows where no one knows me, so I have to. Um, I have to sort of justify certain subjects that I want to get into, which is a shame because those subjects are pretty exciting to me. There's stuff that I'd like to talk about. Uh, I have strong feelings about these things like any normal human being would. Right. And uh, but instead I have to talk about uh, not have to, but instead I end up finding myself doing jokes about the dollar store or (laughs) you know, my nut allergy, which it's okay. It's okay. I mean, I, I have a good time anyways, but there's certain subjects that I'd like to dive into and, um, you know, we, we're not in a culture right now where that's uh, they've made it easy on the comedian. Um, yeah. Well, you know. I have seen on your website, you have like a writing section and on that writing section, you tell a very funny story about getting kicked off an island. Yeah. <laughs> The ti- I think the title of the story is something like uh, "Kicked Out of an I- Kicked Off an Island by Lesbians." Yes, like that's a, the so one. That's the one. Yeah, no. I mean, thank God I'm not famous. Someone could go in there and and. Uh, <laughs> oh my no, goodness! It is. He's bashing lesbians. And, no, no. Read the story, article. Though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Doesn't have any. In the article, I admit to my own wrongdoing. Yes. Out of I'm completely young and naive. I didn't really realize what was going on. Uh, the story that Dane is alluding to is I was hired to do. A show on an, it was on an island it was for a college I was very young comedian from Boston I was I at that time I didn't even do stand-up really I had a guitar I, I was a guitar guy and I played funny songs and I had a, a, a song the song one of the songs that was just really doing very well for me up in Boston it was just I was killing everywhere it was a song about about converting a lesbian <laughs> This is 15 years ago. Like, this is a long time ago, right? Yeah. This is like when we would do jokes like this. Yes. Especially up in Boston where, you know, Boston is very, uh, you know, we like to think that we're super liberal. But, like, Boston has still got some of these qualities that we need to grow up a little bit. So I was doing that and everybody loved it in Boston. You know, oh, my God, the the lesbian song. And so, uh, but uh, so little to my, like, what I didn't realize was. The comedian that brought me there, he dealt with the business side of this show. And he, he, you know, I was I was college age. He wanted a young guy to go with to the show to to because he was an older guy. He's mm-hmm. like, let me get a college act. Oh, that dude that does those funny songs, those dirty songs. Let me bring him along. The college kids will love him. And so uh, but the people that hired him, which he never told me this, was the uh, the LGBT Q at that time I don't think there was a Q on the end I think it was just the L because this was so long ago right. LGBT uh, society of that school were the ones that uh, actually put on that comedy show yeah so the first 
I don't know, 10 rows at that show were the people that were a part of that LGBT group at that college. And I started playing this lesbian <laughs> song and it, no, it's bad. I mean, this is, someone asked me last night, you ever been booed off a stage? Like, yeah, yeah. The lesbian sh- song, booed, I got booed off the stage. They booed, it was going so bad, so bad. Like, I, I've never, I don't even know what to do. Like, imagine a whole crowd of people just, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Someone actually standing up, get them off! You know, I don't know, uh, do I finish the song? Like, it's weird to stop a song midway. Uh, I, but uh, yeah, I, I turned him to the side of the stage and my buddy's like, get, get <laughs> off, you know, I'm like, okay, uh, get, that's it for me. And, you know, and then they, they gave me, they gave me my check, but then they said, you have to leave, you have to leave the property right now. We don't want you here. <laughs> what you did was so horrible. And I, I didn't even know. I'm like, I'm so, I, I still didn't know why, like it wasn't until the, my co- comedian, the comedian told me after it and he goes, no, these were the, L- this is what it was. I didn't even know. I just thought it was a college kid. Yeah. Just regular. Although, you know, now you wouldn't even do that at a college anyways, but back, back then you might maybe do that at a college, a song like that, but you certainly wouldn't do that song in front of a, a you know, that group, that particular group. Um, it was completely inappropriate. It was rude. I, I was, you know, I, I would have booed me too. hundred <laughs> percent. It was I didn't know though. I, I I honestly didn't know, and I was very new at comedy. Right. And, and my experience was every time I had done that song, it did very well, and I was just repeating, repeating, because it's a scary process. It's so scary to be on stage. For me, it was like my first college show. There was you know three hundred people there. I was very nervous. You just want to you just want to get laughs uh-huh. at that point when you're very new. You'll say whatever. You, oftentimes, you'll say whatever it takes to get some laughs. And get off. It's a very scary situation, especially when you're new. So I was just doing what I always did to get to get the laughs and to justify my paycheck. And it just it just happened to be a shitstorm um, of 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 factors that made what I did so horrible. And uh, yeah, I, I, it was it was the worst experience of stand-up comedy ever. And I, I wrote a, an article about it. And uh, so that's yeah, that's that story. I hope your listeners. Oh my god. You don't need I, to really read it now because I gave <laughs> I gave you guys all the cliff notes, but there's some other stories on there in my writing too about some some very uh, some situations in stand up that have gone completely wrong. I just wrote about the I wrote I wrote a bunch of articles about the catastrophes that have happened to me while doing stand up, and I titled them like a hundred reasons not to do stand up comedy. I thought I might write a hundred of these, but I gave up after like six. I was going to say, there's <laughs> definitely not a hundred of there's them. definitely not a hundred. <laughs> it was a great idea I had. I'm like, I'll just write a hundred because I have all these stories. Yeah, you got I, time I got though. Kinda... You got plenty of time. You can add to that list if you feel like I it. Sh- I should. I should definitely <laughs> add to that list because some things have happened since then that make that have made me go, ah, oh, why am I doing this? Uh, <laughs> why I do I torture myself? I laughed out loud at that story. I was reading it and, and I have teenagers at home and my 14-year-old was like, what is so funny over there? And I was like, you have to read this. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that the writing of it comes, still comes across as funny. That's good. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, that was I try hilarious. to write like I try to write that way. Uh, no, I'm, I'm very flattered. Yeah, thank you for checking that out. That's really cool that you went deep like that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I just think um, uh, it, we all have, I mean, we're all human beings that are growing up and learning things. And that was like just a pivotal learning point for you. Like, know your fucking audience. Sure. <laughs> well, you know, and you say that, and that's, that's, that's what I call being an adult, right? Being an adult is 
giving some people some leeway who might be young mm-hmm. or they maybe they did something out of na- naivete, mm-hmm. you know, uh, why should we all be holding ourselves to a high standard at this point? Yeah. Uh, and this is what's happening in the culture. This is why you have, uh, just forgive me for a minute to go into this because it's yeah, something that it. bothers me as an entertainer, is you have people that have been very successful and and then you have these sort of referees in the culture that, and, and by the way, it's, it's self, it's, they've anointed themselves as these referees. You're, you're, they're really nobodies. Yeah. Nobodies. They have a Twitter account and they've decided to dig up something that a, a celebrity or an entertainer may have done when they were quite young, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. even, and bring it up again and uh cost them their job and their livelihood uh some of the some of the stories that i've seen involve things that were done when they were a teenager Mm -hmm. 17 years old yeah uh, something they might have tweeted or an article they may have written or a video that they may have posted and uh, i bring this up to say that you know because you mentioned earlier hey you should be forgiven you were young you know in your eyes because, as I say, you're an adult. In your eyes, you say you should be forgiven for that. Yes, that is the proper response. We should be, and we should, we should look at the whole situation and decide. Hey, how long ago was this? Has this person grown from this experience? Yes. Let's be adults here. Yeah. Let's be adults here. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be digging up, uh, you know, Trevor Noah's tweet from 2009 and saying this is who he is. Right, because nobody's and the we same should, person they were a decade ago, right? We would hope not. Yeah. We would hope not. If they're, if you if you think that they are, or if they are, why don't you dig up something recent? Right, yeah. Like, you're going to find something 13 years ago? Well, the evidence that this person's changed is that you had to go back 13 years, asshole, <laughs> to find something. <laughs> You see what I'm saying yeah, here? Yeah, totally. Uh, but if you find something 13 years ago, you also find something last fall. Okay, they haven't changed. They, yeah. Maybe they deserve to, I don't know about lose their job, but maybe they deserve to be raked over the coals a little bit, you know, in your witch hunt. Or be taught, maybe. Sure. Maybe it's, it's a learning lesson for them, too. Like, hey, this isn't okay anymore. Let's uh, Let's talk about this. Maybe use it as a teaching moment. I mean, we don't even... It's so unforgiving. The process is so unforgiving. It's it's unforgiving from the standpoint of time mm-hmm. and in their in a person's in a person's development. We say, oh, this happened in two thousand four, but it, we don't. We're not forgiving them. It's yeah. Unforg- and then and then it's like and then we bring it up and then we don't even we don't even incorporate a possible rehabilitation into the whole process as well. We don't even say no, no. But they, but they can get better. We just go no, no, no. Yeah, no, and you're if, a you, terrible even, person. if you try to apologize and say you're going to go get help, we don't even forgive you for that. Mm-hmm. We do not. I mean, it's so bad. It's so yeah. it's so bad. And I don't think it's I think it's a sign of cultural immaturity for sure. And it's a barrier to discourse, r- rational discourse about certain topics that we probably all should be talking about. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's a barrier for having better relationships. It's a mm-hmm. barrier for. It's a barrier to understanding. It's just, it's not problem solving whatsoever. And the only people who seem to benefit from this are the small, is the small group of people who are on a witch hunt. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're getting a lot of uh, 
they're, they're getting a lot of high fives over this. They're getting a lot of followers over this. And they're pathetic, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they probably actually hate their lives and are miserable yeah. people. But. Yeah, you're like that neighbor that knows all the dirt and you just talk, you just sit out there in your rocking chair and just, yeah. <laughs> you just, like, get a life, man. I just want to tell you, just get a life, really, yeah. seriously. You're going to go dig up something that uh, Jimmy Kimmel did in 2006 and try and take him down? Get a life, man. Yeah. Get, 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 you're, not, you're not helping. Well, I mean, it's a good thing that I'm not famous, actually, because I was a fucking terrible person in my 20s and my teens. Like, oh, they'd be able I can't to dig up that. a how, lot. <laughs> how could you have been a terrible person in your 20s? I cannot even believe it. There's just no way. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, like, evil, but I've definitely made my mistakes that people would be like, oh, fuck her, you know? And But I'm not the same person I was when I was in my 20s. I'm older and more mature now. Yeah, well, um... I don't think I'm going to get to that crazy level of fame either, thankfully, because, you know, I, I, I did some ridiculous things, too. Yeah. And, and you know, they don't really forgive white guys anymore, either. It's just not happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, like, Annie's a white guy? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Add well, some more coals to that fire. Yeah. You never know, though. You just might. I mean, you're, you have a podcast now that's doing pretty damn good, right? Weird as fuck news. Yeah, yeah, the podcast is doing good. Um, it's something I'm very proud of. Of all the things that I've done, th th I've done a bunch of stuff, and none of it has ever gotten the sort of response that this podcast gets, which has surprised me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm running with it and uh, and making money at it, and I'm 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 about to record my in a week my 1,000th episode. Oh shit! That's crazy. right. You do it daily, right? Or five days a week? Yeah, five days a week. Man, that is a commitment. Do you ever take a break? Are you like season one, then I'm going to take a month off or whatever? I've never taken longer than a day, uh, like a three-day weekend. Yeah. Like I've never taken, like I took, and I, I usually don't even do this, but I just, um, I just was going through some shit uh, this week was Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. I, I took, uh, well, I don't do Saturday, Sunday, but I also just took the Monday off from Memorial Day and just didn't just didn't do it yeah. which is unlike me usually I'll do it usually I'll do it I don't if the if the holiday still falls on a weekday I'll usually still still do a show yeah but I took it I took it off I'm starting to like uh, do little things like that for myself but will I take a whole week off I don't know <laughs> I, I, I just don't know definitely just take not your a recording equipment with you on vacation you're like I gotta do my I've weird have, stuff I've, news I've traveled and everywhere I've gone I've I just because I recorded, I can record it on my phone if I bring the right microphone that yeah. I can put through it. I just can do it like that. So even when I was traveling last, uh, in, at the beginning of last year, I was in Asia for about two months. I I didn't miss a day. That's awesome. Is there a, a is day. there a certain story over the thousand episodes that you've done that has really stuck out to you that you're like, this was fucking weird. The one, the, the one story that just I can't seem to f get out of my head uh, is, it's so silly. Uh, maybe that's what I just love about it was the guy, a guy in Florida was caught licking someone's doorbell for four hours, <laughs> five hours. What? Yeah, like a family had the security system, like the camera at the doorbell, and you could see it on their phone. I guess they were out at a party, and then, you know, they're looking, they're checking in to see the security system and it's just the guy like up at the just like
like because the doorbell had a has a like a a, a camera yeah. on it so it was just <laughs> and they're at the party and they're like okay it's kind of weird and <laughs> maybe maybe the person will go away check an hour later <laughs> still at it this guy did this for like five hours. They finally called the police to have them. Go. Can you guys go by my house? There's a guy licking our doorbell for. Was the guy on like bath hours. salts or something? So what? What was the guy on? We, this is the mystery, and 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 every every woman alive wants to know what was he on that he would lick something for five hours like right. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will dose my husband today. I will dose him. Honey, uh, I made you this tea. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Uh, so this is a very silly story, but I just because this video of it attached to the story, I would watch the vi- the video. It just was like the guy was I don't know what he was on, but I, I, that just story just really stuck out to me. And and you started that with Florida man, right? That was a Florida story. Yeah, that was a Florida story. There's a lot of crazy Florida stories, um, as, as I'm sure your listeners are aware of. Uh, and there's so much, in fact, that on. On, on Fridays, my podcast, I only do weird news from Florida. It's called Florida Friday. Uh, oh. So I'll, I'll do stories just from the week out of Florida, and they're always crazy. Uh, and, and, and that episode gets more, like twice as many downloads as any of the other episodes during the week. People just love the Florida stories. Um, can't get enough of it. And it's always That's crap so like funny. that. There's just something's going on over there. I don't know what it is. It's just drugs and I, I just don't know. It's just the, everybody's out of their minds. Yeah, it's great. It's great for me. And what do you? And do you have children? I have four children. What the hell? How? Oh yeah. my goodness! Do you have a whole That's, team like, of people fuck? taking care of these kids? Or are you doing it yourself? Dude, I'm doing it. I mean, it's you- me and and my husband. But yeah, I'm like, I don't know who let me have four fucking kids. Like, you should be required to take a test or something before having that many kids. Yeah, I mean, I used to do a bit about that. Um, it was like my my neighbor had to fill out an application, to have a yard sale. Mm-hmm. But I could just make a baby on my lunch break. That seems very, <laughs> seems very yep. strange. Uh, yep. Well, I'm very impressed that that just the two of you are able to do all of this and then have careers do even extra things like a podcast like i i i couldn't do it i don't know i if i had four kids i don't know what i would i just would only be able to take care of the kids i feel like i'd, I'd have to quit stand up i i would think i don't know just very impressed that you could do all that you must have boundless energy i don't know what kind of caffeine boundless you're... cups of coffee is that what it is, is that the secret <laughs> yeah. it's the coffee <laughs> Yeah, and really early bedtimes. I'm like ten o'clock. Like I'm mm. fucking passed out. There's there's no keeping me awake after okay. ten o'clock. So, <laughs> well, I'm impressed. Thank you. And uh, where should people go? Do you have dates coming up for your comedy? Places that you're going to be that people can go and and look if they want to go see you. Yeah, you can go to my Instagram. Is where I post uh, everywhere that I'll be. It's at Funny Jones. And I'm pretty active on there. I'm posting every day. I even share my podcast on there as well when I have a new episode. Uh, and I post my show dates and uh, actually just kind of updating whatever the hell that I'm up to on there. That's the best place to go, at Funny Jones. And, of course, the Weird AF News, Weird AF News podcast is uh, is the thing that I'm mostly doing on a consistent basis mm-hmm. throughout the pandemic that's been the case i've never stopped doing the podcast and you can you can listen to that on any of your 
podcast players or go to weirdafnews.com as well and, and you can get some information there and you can listen to it there and uh, subscribe and do all that do all that stuff awesome was i saying it wrong the whole time i kept saying weird as fuck news and it's just no weird no you, that's that's actually <laughs> okay. that's actually the way you sh- i guess you should say it uh, yeah. but if you type that into any search thing it then you're kinda, not gonna get that like on a podcast <laughs> app it would be like doesn't for instance apple, apple doesn't even let you use the word fuck mm-hmm. like they don't even they don't even accept that term uh, from my understanding so uh you would have to type in weird af news i, I believe to find it like that but yeah, you no, you didn't do anything wrong. Oh, okay, good. I appreciate, awesome. I pr- appreciate your the, your efforts of promoting me as well. It's very <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, you heard it. You can go and find him on his Instagram, and also go check out that podcast, Weird AF News. And don't forget, even if you are not nailing it this week, you're still gonna get that participation trophy. 